Hey everyone. Hey everyone. Joe, you're Graham. stepping on my lines again. Hey everyone. Haven't you heard Row 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 Your Boat where they start singing Row 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 Your Boat and then someone comes in on the second row and then it goes like that? Don't even pretend like you have any sort of musical timing whatsoever. Welcome to the Loudwire Podcast, everybody. Today, we've got Scott. Joe and Graham. You're doing it again, Joe. We never introduced ourselves. <sighs> Scott Stapp is here from Creed. Art of Anarchy, his solo stuff, but really Graham's favorite YouTube my video, favorite video of all time. So now you're doing it. It's contagious. Yeah, Creed Shreds three and Creed Shreds four. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard us talking about Creed Shreds making little jokes. I think we've referenced it at least once in in every every podcast. single podcast. So if, if this is your virgin listen, yeah, then get used to it. Go back to the old ones and pick them out, and get ready for many more because they're not going anywhere. Because Creed Shreds Three is as much a part of my being as my heart, and my lungs, and my giblets. <laughs> it is the essence of my being. Creed Shreds Three, and Joe, I have to thank you. I introduced this to Graham. Joe showed it to me in college. And I thought that we were going to have to get a defibrillator because Graham had <laughs> stopped breathing. He was laughing so hard he had expelled all of the air out of his lungs and was unable to draw any back in. I was rolling on the floor. And ever since Literal that day... Literal rafflecopter. Ever since that day, whenever I hum songs in my head... I always put Creed Shreds 3 references or 4 references in there. You know how you like replace certain words or certain amounts of syllables with silly words in your head when you replay a song in your head? It's always play Dukin or take off my glove. And we don't know why this is so amusing, but it just has been. But it's so just, Scott, if you're listening, it's just a video that we think is really funny. Yes. But and you've Scott actually, has seen I, it you, before. Yeah. You've talk, yeah. We've talked about this with Mark Tremonti. Yeah, and, Mark thought it was, Mark likes it a lot. Yeah. He thinks it's funny. But uh, it was great to have Scott in here. Yeah, a on a more guest. serious note, we were talking yeah, about yeah. the new Art of Anarchy album, The Madness. Very strong album, a lot of soaring hooks, Bumblefoot on guitar, can't go wrong there. Yeah. This is obviously a very personal record for Scott Stapp because it's the first piece of music that he's put out since... Uh, he had that very difficult time a few years back. So it's really great to see him rebounding from all of that. And you could hear it in the lyrics on this album. So you know exactly where he's coming from. And it's just, who doesn't love a redemption story? Yeah. I mean, it's just great to see him doing well. Uh, you know, whether you like Creed or you hate Creed. Yeah, it, them and Nickelback just seem to be the whipping posts. Yeah, but no matter what your musical preference, you got to feel good for the guy because, you know, he managed to save his marriage. He managed to get back into music and he managed to become healthy once again, you know, mentally healthy. He has a grip on his psyche again. And no, he and I talked about that a little bit in this podcast. Definitely our different experiences with mental illness and uh, the lowest of the low points that we've hit. And how we've been able to bounce back and, you know. So it was great to reconnect with him about that. I remember I did one of his first interviews um, when he 
really did put himself together about a year ago. So mm-hmm. this is the first time I've sat down and talked with him since then. So it was great to see him looking healthy. Radiant. Yeah, feeling good. Radiant. Radiant. <laughs> he's a very pretty man. We just love the fact that he's doing well. And then for Rocker versus Writer today, we decided to just kind of simplify everything here. No need yeah. to get too picky, too nitty gritty. Just who's the best pure rock and roll metal singer of all time. Yep. So Scott Stapp made his pick. I made mine. You could hear that a little bit later coming up. So you're going to hear that conversation right now with us and Scott Stapp. So get ready, everyone, to sit down. And shout! All right, let's do it. Uh, Loudwire podcast, everybody. We've got Scott Stapp in studio. Thank you so much for dropping by. Man. Hey, man. Good, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, always. always. Yeah, always. man. So the new Art of Anarchy. Yeah. It's an exciting time right now. The Madness is the new record, and it's the first album that you've written since you went through that rough time a few years yeah. ago. Can you tell us what inspiration you took from that hard part of your life and jammed it into this record. I, I mean, I jammed every bit of it yeah. uh, into this record. I mean, you know, the the album came along, Art of Anarchy came along at a time where I was just, you know, off the heels uh, mm-hmm. of, of that difficult time in my life. Um, and so artistically, I, I think that I was tapped into all those emotions um, and processing that experience. Um, and so it was just inevitable that it came out in the music. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be able to come out of that, I mean, and to sit down and write, I'm sure you kind of sat down and went, well, we could do a I've double got, album. I've got a lot to write about. I've got a lot, uh, to inspire my process right now. So, yeah, it definitely, it definitely wasn't, uh, difficult to, to think of ideas. Yeah. Uh, now, to, was it painful to write about. having to revisit some of this mentally as you're putting the pen you, to the paper and you, you putting know, these words out there? You know, that's a good question. There, there were definitely times uh, when I'm sitting there with pen and paper, and and you know, flashbacks, if you will, mm-hmm. memories would come in, sure. um, and and I could feel them. They they and they didn't feel good. Uh, you know, so there was definitely. Uh, definitely some of that going on uh, during the writing process. But what's cool, man, is is through the writing process and then just time away from that part of my life mm-hmm. uh, has, has slowly made those memories not hurt mm-hmm. as bad. Uh, and so it's all in all, it's turned out to be a really good thing. Yeah, do you see the pain kind of as a reminder of, something like this is pushing you to never go back to that place. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's something, um, that, you know, when you're working, uh, a recovery program, uh, or trying to stay sober, um, you know, part of the reason you, you go to meetings and stay involved in the program is, is to get a reminder, uh, of those, painful memories mm-hmm. uh and those things from the past that that uh you never want to revisit places you never want to go again because mm-hmm. it's i think it's important 
in order to keep you moving forward to always have those in your rear view mirror. Definitely. Because I think if you forget, I think it's, it's, it's easy to get to a place where literally you're so detached from, from that, that you could easily fall back if, mm-hmm. if, if you don't have those things as a constant reminder. And, sure. and it's something that, that it's daily. It's something that I've, I've committed to, uh, daily in my life, uh, you know, and, and definitely been a key component, uh, in, in, you know, my, my recovery and sobriety. Now I'm sure the madness kind of brought a huge sense of closure for you on this chapter of your life. Do you feel that now after this album, you can finally move past all of that, having exercised all these demons? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's definitely a sense of closure. Um, and, and I hope that that, that is not just a personal thing, but I think even professionally, uh, and, you know, with my relationship with the media and press and TV and, and radio that I hope that this, this album can also be a conduit, uh, to me having like a a fresh start and a new beginning. So I don't have to always talk about it Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's really been the, the, the main focus of, of um, my interviews and, and my communication uh, for the last uh, over three years now. Um, and so, you know, hopefully there'll be some closure on all ends. Yeah, um, now there's more of the music to talk about. Yeah, of yeah. The personal side of everything. Yeah, and, and getting back to the music. I mean, my, my personal life has, has been a distraction uh, from my music for, for too long, man. Um, and I want to get it back to the music and i think you got it back on madness. <laughs> I, I i hope so brother now one of the songs um there's a line that really caught my ear and won't let you down and the whole album there's this big sense of duality of past and present right and the line is duality can be a judas kiss uh, can you elaborate a little bit on what that line means to you where that line came from yeah um i i think that it it betrayal um, and duality, what I was specifically talking about in this, in, in that lyric is the two different things. Uh, the duality of the alcoholic addict and the sober person, uh, in that when you're under the influence, you constantly betray yourself and others. Um, and so that's where the Judas kiss um, you know, cause that's where the betrayal, that's, right? that's a betrayal. Yeah. That's where Judas, you know, kissed Jesus on the cheek and betrayed him. Um, and then also with people who may be suffering with untreated, uh, mental illness, um, whether that be depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever, whatever the mental illness is, um, you, you can feel uh, a betrayal in that. Um, and, so, because you know, you know that it's not you. There's two of you. There's mm. the 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 depressed uh, or mentally ill side of you, and then there's the person that's not. Uh, oh, it's a little and, more grounded, right? Uh, and who's stable and who's who's balanced and fine. Mm-hmm. And so you can feel a betrayal uh, in that sense as well. So it was really kind of attacking two different uh, issues with that. Wow. Yeah. 
I think one thing that a lot of people don't necessarily realize and hopefully don't get to experience is whether you're coming out of a, a rehab for substance or you're coming out of uh, a hospital uh, for mental illness, uh, when you're being treated for either of those things, when you come out, you are a freshly torn off scab. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you're really like sandpapered down to, you know, your, your deepest level of skin. Yeah, man. And you have to reintroduce yourself it, into society. It feels like you're yeah. doing everything for the first time again. Yeah, you're shattered, dude. You're broken. Yeah. And, and you're really, for me, uh, coming out of those situations, I really didn't feel a connection with myself. I, mm. I, I really didn't. Who, who am I? Things just don't feel right. I don't feel like myself. And there's so many different elements that make up who we are that cause us to feel like ourselves. You know, there's our confidence. Um, there's our experience in life that have been positive. Uh, our relationships with people, our interactions with people, uh, and many other things that make us who we are. And when you're coming out of those situations, every single one of those things has been completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so it's it's uh, I think I think uh, the Foo Fighters had a had a song, "Learning to Walk Again." Yeah, I don't know the name yes. of the song, but the line that I remember from the song was "Learning to Walk Again." Uh, and I don't know the name of the song uh, that could be it, but I, I don't think so. I think that's just a lyric. Uh, and that's exactly how it feels. Uh, you know, you're all of a sudden everything has changed, um, and you're 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 relearning uh, not only uh, who you are, but how you assimilate into life. Uh, and it, and and it's a process, man. It, it it takes time. You're also terrified of experiencing emotion. Yeah, because you you come out and it's not just you know terrified of feeling the negative stuff again. It's you come out and you are so uh, raw, and even just delving into the positive stuff is uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so were you at all afraid of putting pen to paper, writing lyrics for a record like this? Um, I wasn't afraid. Okay. Um, to actual to actually write. Mm -hmm. Um, my biggest fear was, can I still write? Gotcha. Um, because I felt so disassociated from, from who I am and, and, and felt so lost, uh, that I, I questioned internally, this isn't anything I shared with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but I questioned like, can I still do this? Um, because I, again, didn't feel like myself for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I spoke with a, uh, a really close friend of mine, uh, my sponsor, and he's like, dude, you just got to walk through the fear and dive in, man. He's like, I have full confidence that it's, it's just going to come to you like it always has. Uh, and then my wife, again, was another uh, huge uh, supporter and in, in, in encouraging me that, just, just dive in, man. I mean, it's, it's who you are. It'll come out. And I, and I did. Uh, and once, um, I wrote the lyrics and melodies, uh, for the first song. And I can't remember exactly which one that was that I finished first. Um, 
after that it was it was all downhill i just had to had to mm. walk through that first one would you say having a guy like bumblefoot in the band has been essential to all of this process i mean not many guys throw out more positivity than him you know everyone in this band uh has been an essential part of of this record in this process and and you know john moyer uh so talented uh mm -hmm. you know a lot of people don't know he he's not he's more than just a bass player he's he's a producer mm -hmm. uh he can sing he can songwrite um you so know army knife yeah <laughs> you know bumble everyone knows what bumble can do uh not only is he one of the most talented guitar players on the planet but he's a tremendous songwriter in his own right and he can sing his and ass off he can, too he, he, <laughs> can, he can he can he can he can sing yeah and these are good positive guys totally. um you know a lot of people aren't familiar totally with with john and vince voda but uh you know john voda is a riff machine uh mm. i mean he really comes up with with great ideas just on an instant uh, it, it's it's it was very uh, it was awesome when I we all first sat in a room together because I I'd never I never knew anything about the the twins mm -hmm. uh, to really see that wow this dude's this dude's talented man I mean he's a riff machine he, he, he can just go from one to the other you like this like that like this like that like that and just go um, and and you know, all the guys are very positive. You know, Vince Voda um, really laid down some amazing drums uh, on this record uh, and also has a very good musical ear. Uh, and, uh, you know, his contributions, uh, aside from just drumming, uh, were made on this record. And it was, it, this was a very collaborative uh, effort. I mean, we each had our roles, you know, my primary role being... Uh, you know the lyrics and the melodies sure. uh i was i was also very involved in in the arrangements uh of the songs but everyone had a role uh, and everyone contributed uh and 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 we did this very organically uh you know we we got together for the first time uh in john voda's basement man uh and sat around just riffing throwing out ideas, you know, had a drum kit in there, speakers in there, you know, set up old school style, you know, no PA. Uh, uh, eventually they, they got a two PA speakers so I could hear a little bit of myself uh, in the room. And we just started freestyling, man, and, and doing what a band does, going to the wood mm -hmm. shop, man, and just, just trying to create. And whatever, we'd catch a vibe on something, we'd, we'd go down that rabbit hole and see if it turned into something. Um, and we very quickly, uh, during that, you know, first two weeks of, of, of that process, very quickly, uh, and, and really, John Moyer was the catalyst, uh, in particular, to, to us catching the first vibe musically that inspired me uh, vocally. Uh, to come out with something uh, you know his his uh, and this was the madness yeah um, you know John Moyer really took the initial music idea and added his flavor and kind of pushed the band uh, musically in the direction of giving it the bounce that it has and the feel mm -hmm. that it has and then 
that was the first creation that inspired me. And then I belted out what would now be the chorus of the song right off the bat. Uh, we still have the work tapes of that. And then the rest is history. You know, it just came pretty easy after that. So definitely rooted more in jamming than sending files back and forth over the internet. That kind of seems to be the, the yeah, no, days. this, this was, this was a, a band in a room all together jamming. Do you feel like that file sharing, just kind of recording guitar tracks and writing songs like that takes something away from the whole writing process altogether? It, it doesn't work for me. Um, you know, Creed always um, got in a room together as a band and we jammed, worked things out. Um, you know, Mark and I would spend a lot of time alone initially, you know, just getting uh, the initial song ideas together. Mm -hmm. But then we took it to, to the band and, and we jammed. And, and that live band feel really inspires me and moves me in the moment to be spontaneously creative. Uh, and that's really what works best for me. I need to feel what's mm. going on. I'm, uh, I think, I think feeling the music is, is what gives me my inspiration and feeling that and, and file sharing really doesn't work for yeah, me. I'm blown away how bands that can write an entire album, just swapping files back and forth with yeah. nobody being in the same room. Yeah, together. Some guys, some guys can do it. Some, yeah. some, some guys can feel it that way, I guess. Uh, and it works for them. It just doesn't. It, it's. It doesn't work for me. Let's get into some rocker versus writer yeah. today. The rocker Scott Stapp, the writer Joe Devita. Today's topic is the greatest pure vocalist in rock history. So, Scott. Who would you say? Wow, in rock history. Yeah. Uh, wow. In rock history. Well, more harder rock. It can be whatever, yeah. but... If you want to go back to the 40s, we can. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean... Evolution in, of rock is... In rock history. Wow. Um, that is a tough, tough question. Um, I mean... I mean, you could go back to Zeppelin and and, and talk sure. about Robert Plant. I I, I think I think I'll throw something in that's more current okay. rock rock history as opposed to rock and roll history from inception. <laughs> um, and I would say, you know, someone who's still around today, who's still making records, who's who's in multiple bands and always delivers. Uh, I'd say currently Chris Cornell. All right, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, damn good choice. Like, yeah, it's when we had Zach Wild on the podcast. He was talking. We were talking about guitar players, and he was saying, you know, it's not who's the best; it's what moves you. Yeah. And I don't. It's impossible to listen to any recording with Chris Cornell and not just be completely moved by his voice. Yeah. That sure. said, though, I'm going to take Rob Halford from Dude, Judas yeah. Priest, oh, as yeah. everybody knows. I, I mean, that's one of the biggest vocal ranges like if yeah. you listen to dreamer deceiver off yeah. wings of destiny and he's just got that high croon and then right when the solo comes in he just belts it out so high that was the first track i mean i'd listened to a bunch of judas priest but when i first heard that song i was like i i've never heard anybody with those capabilities before he he's he blew my mind uh, a couple months ago i did uh 
uh, a television show on Comedy Central called Comedy Jam. It's going to be coming out. Uh, oh, here. the rock and comedy. Yeah, rock and hybrid comedy hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was on the show with me. Uh, and I was standing side stage while he was performing. And I looked at the guy next to me and I was like, dude, he sounds exactly like his record. Is he lip syncing? <laughs> uh, and he wasn't, man. Nope. The guy it's is, TV. It's he's in his, he's in his sixties, man. And the guy can bring it and it is pitch perfect. Uh, he is the metal God. I mean, <laughs> amazing. So yeah, that, that's an awesome choice, dude. But, uh, what inspires you about Chris Cornell? Um, not only his, his vocal range and his style, but just his songwriting, um, and his delivery, um, you know, he, he brings it, man. He always uh, seems to just know exactly the right spot of where to take something. Yeah, he does. And, you know, I, I'm really a huge fan of, 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 of him and everything that he's done. Uh, and I just think all around he, he's an extremely talented, uh, artist, songwriter, singer, and guitar player. Yeah, kind of full package. You know, the guy's a bit of a Swiss army knife. Yeah. Uh, I know, Joe, you were talking about evoking emotion just a second ago. You know, obviously, I think it's obvious that Rob Halford has the bigger range, although Chris Cornell does have a, a surprisingly large range. range. Uh, but do you think Chris Cornell, I think where he might edge Halford out is evoking of the emotion because he, he comes from a more evocative place and... I think Halford comes from more of like a, I don't want to say fun, but more of a purely entertaining place. Yeah, I mean, emotion can encompass a myriad of different feelings. I mean, like when I hear Rob Halford, I just like, you know, it's the fist in the air and yeah. you want to go out and buy a T-top <laughs> and blast Judas Priest right. and break the law on the highway and you want to go hot rocking yeah <laughs> heading out to the highway yeah um but i think like as far as the emotion goes that you're talking with chris cornell it's just that soulful delivery where yeah. it's just he can do so many different things to evoke emotion man mm -hmm. uh from the soulfulness to you know the top end of his range when he gets when he gets metal and, and aggressive uh to his choice of melodies uh, and how the melody in itself, despite what he's saying, um, can incite emotion. Uh, so I, I think he'll go down in history as one of the greats. Oh, he already, he's already there. Yeah. For me, a guy, you know, since we're talking about Halford and Cornell, a guy who embodies all the best parts of both of those guys is Freddie Mercury, because he's a guy who makes you want to just like raise your arms up and like party and just have a great time and then he'll bring you to tears with some of the other stuff that he's saying yeah. and just as a pure performer in my opinion hands down the best front man that's ever lived like the greatest gift to rock music that's ever been received by us <laughs> as people like yeah a true god in you know human skin he he was he's a showstopper every way you look at it yeah absolutely yeah. there's there's no no arguing with that yeah, I think Graham might have just bested the both of us. I don't know, I'm just saying, like for me, <laughs> Freddie is like the the pure full package. Like, yeah. 
I think I Rob Halford would be the first to admit that too. He's been he's talked about Freddie Mercury pretty recently. Yeah, I think he, he did for he's sure. He's saying how he still finds inspiration from Freddie Mercury. Yeah, Freddie, ugh, getting tongue tied from Freddie Mercury <laughs> all these years later. Yeah, how could you not? The guy is just an he was just an absolute. Mon- did, you never got to see Queen live, did you? No, I didn't. No, oh my god! I, I think that's one show if I could ever ever see someone come back and see them perform at their best, it would be Queen. Any day. I mean, I would take him over, or over. I think anybody ever. Even it's one of those. I would take him over John Lennon in a Beatles reunion. Wow, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's a big statement for me because I think Paul McCartney's like the incarnate son of God. But like, <laughs> but I mean, uh, Freddie, just to to feel that power in an arena with Queen with him. I mean, let's talk about that. Who would you? One person you could bring back and see live that maybe you never got to see. Oh wow! Um, I mean, Queen would have to be up there, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, yeah, you, you brought up the right band. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I'd have to go with your Queen. All right. I mean, I saw Dio six times, and I'll still go with Johnny <laughs> James Dio. <laughs> oh, I missed him. I, I never got to see Dio, man. I never got to see him. No, me And I will always regret that. When Heaven and Hell did that first reunion tour, I'd taken too many days off of work and couldn't go. One of my friends was at the show. He held his phone out the whole time, so I grabbed two cordless phones. <laughs> I think I was like 16 or something, and I held them both up to my ears. Uh, it was the best show I never went to. Wow, oh, man. All right, everyone. So that's Rocker versus Writer for you. Let us know who your greatest pure vocalist is in the comments section below. Uh, so to finish this off, I think maybe one of the best things that we can do with this podcast is to continue smashing the stigma of mental illness. To be perfectly honest, I mean, a lot of parts of your story, Scott, are not all that different from my story. Like, I've gone through some bad stuff. I mean, like, um, it's funny that this happened on this day because seven, almost seven years ago to the day, Joe, he drove me to the site. I remember board. this vividly. I, yeah, we were in college. He drove me to the hospital just because I was. We had just finished watching an episode of South Park and <laughs> we were in college and I was sitting in my room and Graham approaches me with the bag packed, somber face and holds his keys out and just says, you need to drive me to the hospital. Yeah, right it, now. Was, it was that point. It was wow. just at that point. And so there's one thing it, it's. I don't mean to be corny about it, but to show that you can come back from it and absolutely turn your life around and and no matter how hopeless you feel in those situations, when you literally, you don't want to die. You just know it's over. Yeah. When you hit that point, you know, it's, it's over for me. You can come back from that. Absolutely. You know, and also, you know, to maybe lighten things up a bit. When you stay in the psych ward, like tell me those aren't the longest days of your life when you're in there. It is bad. Those minutes tick by so slowly. Yeah, it's 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 not good. No. Uh, it's you you definitely know that uh you're somewhere that you never want to be again. No. Uh and uh you know, but hey, sometimes that that it takes something like that uh, to be the catalyst for healing yeah, and for recovery. Yeah, I think for me it was absolutely essential that they throw me in there because yeah. at that point it's like they knew, you know, uh, when I 
was in the hospital, I was like, you know, I, I'm feeling a little better. I think I can go home. And they're like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you're not going anywhere. You're getting thrown into here. And it was like, oh, what have I done? But like they got me on the right meds finally, like it's still like a combination that works for me. Right. To this day, you know, it's always a struggle, but yeah. you know, I, I think that's one of the hardest things to go through too, is when you start taking a new med and you don't even know if it's going to work because really right. the, the chemistry of it is still very archaic yeah. in certain ways. I mean, yeah. how are you doing on that front? Like, you know, medication wise, uh, man, I am, I'm, I'm doing the best right now that, uh, I ever have. I'm glad to hear that. Right. I, I hope that a lot of people came to, to visit you when, when they could, when you were in that, the, the war. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate, you know, I, I wasn't in long. Uh, that's, that's good. I just, was in five days. Yeah. I was just in a couple of days and, and my sister, uh, who's a doctor, uh, came and, and, uh, got me out and, and, uh, then I went to rehab. So, right. Out. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So they, yeah, really you, as we were saying earlier, that you get split open in those two very different ways, like yeah, man. immediately, but Hey man, it's great to see you doing so well. It's Thanks, great brother. to see you playing music again, being back in that band dynamic, Yeah, really where you belong and what makes you happy. And I'm glad that your marriage is, is well. And you know, thank it, you. It's just great to see you doing well. Thank you, it's, brother. It's always great. So Scott, we want to thank you so much. Art of Anarchy, yes. Madness. Be sure to pick up that record. It is a great ride from Mr. Scott Stapp, Mr. Bumblefoot, a bunch of other talented people. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Scott. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. And there he goes, Scott Stapp, everybody. See? He's doing well. I'm happy to see it. Yeah, that was really cool that you shared that story, too, especially when, you know, we were talking about sharing the message of stamping out this stigma about mental illness. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing for people to see somebody on such a huge platform, a star like that, yeah, kind of hit those lows because we've seen it happen to so many guys before. But to see somebody, you know, not on that platform, just more of the everyday guy that might be a little bit more relatable, too, for some people to see that, you know, this is happening across the board no matter what you're going through so to share that i thought was was pretty awesome i talked to him about it a little bit the last time i saw him but i didn't go in too much depth we were really talking about his recovery mm. but i'm glad i got to talk about that with him and you know after the mics shut off he you know told me like he appreciated it and we kind of had a little moment of just like yeah just, just hang in there and you know keep it positive keep fighting for that PMS around you What's that? Always good to have a supporting cast around you. Yeah. So, you know, when you meet someone who's gone through similar stuff, you vibe with them and you appreciate how difficult their rebound is because it, it really does feel like starting from zero again. You feel raw, you know, like as we said, you know, it's like a rebirth of like everything feels weird and new and scary and it just kind of touches everything hits a nerve, like no matter what it is. So... I'm glad to see him doing so well. I'm glad that you checked out this episode of the Loudwire podcast. Check out loudwire.com for all your daily rock and metal news. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow me, Graham, on Twitter at Graham Wire. You can follow me, Joe, on Instagram 
at Ice Nerve Shatter. You can follow me on Twitter too at Ice Nerve Shatter if you want. One word, Godflesh song. Check it out. Yeah. But I don't post anything on Twitter. I Terrible. I hate Twitter so much. Terrible. Instagram rules though. Yeah. Especially if you follow Rob Halford's Instagram. Oh, it's the best, best. Instagram out there. There was one at Christmas time and he was just wrapped up in a bunch of paper around a door and it's like, <laughs> who wants to open me for Christmas? And it's so cool just seeing like, like a silly side of such like a, this huge metal personality. Yeah. And just a, to see that like, yep, like he's a goober just like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Rob, if you're listening. Hey, Rob. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you'd be so kind. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us five stars if you would be so kind. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. They do good.